The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You let me know when you ready. I'm ready. I've been ready. I was born ready. I ain't gonna get no readier. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Extra Regular Podcast. I am Justice Brooks. And I'm Kyla. And the Extra Regular Podcast is a podcast where we discuss all things life. We introduce you into our conversations as best friends and discuss some of life's learned and not learned and not so learned lessons. Um, yeah, and we um, <laughs> do the other stuff that we do. And you can find us on all social media at the extra regular. That is at T H E E X T R A R E G U L A R. That is on the Instagram and on the Twitter. You can also send us an email to extraregularpodcast at gmail.com. Our website is down right now, but will be back up in the beginning of January of 2019. So go ahead and look for us there. So we will be right back after this music. And we are back. So, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. This is a continuation or the last segment of our um, Thug series covering the hate you give. Um, So, we're just going to hop right into it. We know last, not last week, but the week before last, we told you all that we were going to talk about which characters we relate to the most and then just give a little bit more in-depth conversation on some of those characters so Kyla since this is your question I'll let you take it away okay well I have two characters um in mind the first one is Chris and I chose Chris because of his curiosity so if you don't remember Chris is stars Caucasian (laughs) boyfriend um different backgrounds, just everything about them is pretty much opposite. So um, his curiosity is what made me relate to him the most. Um, I'm very curious. I ask questions. If I don't understand, or even if I do understand, just to get someone else's perspective to see why they think the way they do and to kind of challenge them on their thought processes. Um I also feel like he is <laughs> very understanding, um, even when he doesn't know what's going on or not for sure, how to react to certain situations, he's understanding. And then um, the last point for him is he's supportive regardless of the differences. So I see a lot of my own qualities in him, um, just thinking past what his character was I guess, supposed to portray in the book and movie. So who was your second person? Or you want me to give you... I also had two. Do you want me to give you mine and then we go back to that? Yep. Okay, so the first one that I think I related to was... Um, well, the first person that I wrote down was Miss Ofra. And um, I'm not an an activist (laughs) by any means, but the way that she was just very encouraging to Star, 
Um, I think that is a quality that I see in myself is to try to push people to be the, the best person that they can be and to pursue greatness in all things. And I just see, I've seen her being that for Star and being that person in the background pushing her to um, step up and step into what she, like I said, what she could be. So, um, and I also like to advocate for people and push them to advocate for themselves. And that's something that I've seen in Issa's character, Miss Oprah. Okay. And then my second um, character is Mav. And I chose Mav because he has a very protective um, instinct about him. I possess that. Um, he's a provider in all means of the words provider. So um, thinking about skills, he provides his skills to others to help them manifest whatever it is that they're looking to do. Um, very supportive. Um provides material-wise and then also love. Um, one thing that I really liked about him is that he's stern, um, but stern in a sense where it's not disrespectful or condescending. So, excuse me. So, um, if he'll back you up, but he needs for you to be able to back yourself up in order for him to back you up. So, I really like that about him. I saw that in myself. Um I like how he expected nothing but the best from his kids and pretty much from those that he loved, and I expect the same. Um, I think a lot of times people in general don't see some of those good qualities in themselves, so I like to pull that out. Um, yeah, and he's very familial. I am as well. And then just protector by all means. So that's why I chose him. I would have chosen him for you too. When I was going through listing all of the characters, I think for me, for you, that's the person that I related you to the most um, as well. So I agree with everything you said because you the shit. So... My <laughs> my next person is Lisa or the mom. So I guess we married. Um, no. <laughs> no? Uh-uh. You don't want to be my husband? Uh-uh. <laughs> um, I chose Lisa because, um, again, she wanted the best for her family um, and for those around her. And she's also very, very protective. If you read the book, she just really wanted to, um, she really, as far as it came to moving, it wasn't because she didn't want to help her community. She still wanted to help her community in the best way that she could, but she also was very, very protective of her kids. And, um... I can I can see myself being like that as a as a mother and just as a person. And again, she was very supportive of Star and um a motherly supportive, I guess, of Star and speaking out for Khalil. She's also a nurse, which is I'm not a nurse, but it's a helping profession and that's something that in every single job that I've had except the one at the zoo, um it's been a helping profession and 
that's just something that's near and dear to me. And I really appreciate that for her and her character. And lastly, the point that really, really related me to her was that she is stubborn as hell. And that's me. So, yeah. I would say Lisa would be the person that I related to the most. Okay. Oh. All right. <laughs> I didn't know if you was gonna... <laughs> no. I don't have any comments. I feel like she really didn't have... Um... I don't, I don't think her character, I don't know. I feel like I don't know her. Like, I know that she wanted to protect her children, that she, um, she too wanted what was best for them. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's all I I thought of. So that's what you said. So you said what you said. (laughs) And you meant it. Because you said it. Because I said it. Right. If you Uh didn't mean it, you wouldn't have said it. Say it it again. Um, (laughs) But I did, so when I was trying to figure out which character I related to the most, I went through and I wrote down all of the characters that I I could think of. And it was way more than, like, I initially thought. I think I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 20 characters from the book. I didn't do that. I just turned to the back of the book. It's in the back of the book. I guess reading fundamental. I did not look back there. <laughs> like she listed, I don't think she listed every single one of them, but she listed most of them. I don't. We got different copies, so I don't know. That's true. If um, it was in the one that you have too, but she listed them and basically like explained why she chose their names mm. in the book, what the names meant, and kind of gave like a brief. I guess, synopsis of what she was intending for those characters to portray to the readers. I'm going to have to look in the back of my book because I did not. I just kind of went off memory. and uh, Which means I probably... I don't have a memory, so... <laughs> well, I remember that was there, but... Um, yeah. You know, in, in high school, I did a lot of going to the back of the book because a lot of the answers were there, so... You know, you're not um, wrong. <laughs> you are not wrong. I think it was just habit <laughs> that took me there. So, which character do you think you relate to the least? Um, I didn't think about that. Um, let me see. I would have to say the friend Haley. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's for obvious reasons. Right. She was a douchebag. <laughs> um, I just, I, I don't have any of her quality. I just, I just want to fight her. So, um, <laughs> I just didn't see any. Um, I feel like she's very closed-minded. Mm-hmm. I'm not very. Um, um, egotistical I'm not just very not mean you know yeah yeah, I agree (laughs) she's not Kyla she's like Kayla (laughs) and I'm Kyla you know so (laughs) Kayla Kayla yeah Kyla she's all of them she's not Kyla (laughs) that's the person I thought of too because even I can even relate to little Sakani like yeah you know um even um Seven's mom 
I can find some. I forgot about her. Uh, Aisha, ain't that her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even her, I under I understand her character, like especially in the book where she, um, in the book where Devante got beat up by King, and they went to go get him. And she, you know, she distracted King while the kids could get out. Like, I understand that. And I feel like maybe in that situation, I probably would have, you know, would have done something like that. I don't, I I don't do drugs, so I don't relate to her in that type of way. But, yeah, I think Haley was probably, or the kids at star school i think they're just in general at williamson were pretty um, relatable to me as well um because we, i mean we we went to a college prep school but it wasn't nothing like that what was different you think it was black <laughs> oh i mean in the i think the culture was different too so at williamson like we were all, so our college prep to me, we were all like star. Like we all came from the urban, you know, the urban community. So someone coming from Williamson to our school would have been the one out of place. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. In that aspect. But yeah, that's. That was my, those is my people that I relate to and don't relate to. I also wrote down the community as being one of the characters. Um, And I guess it's somebody or something that I can relate to because, or as a culture, um, because as a community, when we see these things happening to, you know, our friends or even people that we don't know, I know whenever I see an unarmed person, a person of color, that affects that affects everybody's community, right? Well, it affects most people's community. Um, because we all feel like that could have been anybody's brother, uncle, cousin, sister, auntie, mama, grandma, daughter, son. I think that's all the family things. <laughs> and... Um, and we're, I feel like we're all systematically affected by those things, but it's not until it hits closer to, you know, where we live that it really takes a toll on us or it makes it a reality for us. But that is, I did relate to the to the community. I've never went to a, a protest or anything, but I understand how they feel. Yeah. I do, too, and I kind of put some of my thoughts, or save some of my thoughts, rather, mm-hmm. for um, just some of the experiences that I can relate to um, in relation to the book, uh-oh, slash movie. I just threw a pen at myself. Why? Why you do that? I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. <laughs> Okay, what are your experiences, relatable experiences? Um, okay, so I do have the neighborhood that they grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like every um, every aspect of that 
that neighborhood I have seen, witnessed, or lived mm-hmm. in my my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, I can vividly remember um, knowing where the the neighborhood drug dealers' homes were. Right. Those who were addicted to drugs alcohol whatever um the gangsters the mm, prostitutes like mm-hmm. I can vividly remember that and like literally being able to walk down the street and be able to point out um those situations and I feel like it was even though I lived in that environment my home was in that environment um it was a contradiction to what I was taught um as a kid growing up like what my I guess what my family's expectations were of me was a living contradiction to the neighborhood that we lived in. So um, seeing that, and I felt like maybe with all of the kids, well, except for Sakani, because he really wasn't old enough to understand, but um, I feel like it's a constant conflict. Like, you know, you're supposed to go to school every day, graduate, um, go to college, whatever the case may be, but when you step outside and you don't see anybody in your neighborhood doing that, mm-hmm. it's like, well, you expect this from me. However, such and such is not doing this, and they are still living. So I feel like um, if you didn't have a strong head on your shoulders or or a positive upbringing, it could have been um, very conflicting to someone growing up in a neighborhood And um, I feel like at at points it could be either your motivation to do what you need to do to be better or your excuse or reason for not doing what you were taught, for lack of better terms, Mm -hmm. to, I guess, fall and get information (laughs) to what you're used to seeing. So uh, I can relate to that, just their whole neighborhood in general and kind of their experiences growing up in their neighborhood. Yeah, and I think to that point, too, when we talk about about neighborhoods, I think just the also the closeness of the neighborhood, of the people. Like, I think the, what was the character's name? 40 Ounce? Was that his name? The neighborhood? Um... Girl, I don't even remember 40 Ounce. <laughs> I think his name was 40 Ounce. I could have. Did I make that? I didn't make that up. I got it from somewhere. The champagne of beer? No. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> no. But they had like a, just a. But I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I just don't remember his name. I think that was it. I could have made that up. Y'all just fact check me if I got it wrong. But like we had somebody like that. We had two. Wayne and Lil Phil. Like, you know what I'm saying? We had people like that and in our neighborhood. That's the guy. Um, my cell phone. It's that guy. <laughs> so, you know, just having those those characters in in the neighborhood. My grandma was the nosy woman out on the porch telling everybody business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see that for sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, but living in that and then having the media portray it as something different. Um, I think it's something else that we all experience in real life. Like, 
it takes the bad things that happen every now and then and they just attribute it to the whole you know the whole neighborhood there are like there are bad things that happen but um what about the lady who got the candy store on the corner who's selling pickles and feeding kids before school and after school like you don't ever hear about stuff like that and the media just makes it all seem terrible so I, yeah, I, that's true. I, I even just it. did it in my description um, because I didn't mention anything positive. I mean, there were positives in a sense that um, typically everybody, well, not typically, speaking of my neighborhood, <laughs> everybody had lived in them homes for like 30 plus years. So right. kids grew up together, grandkids came in a the picture, they grew up together. So you have those. I guess, familial ties with your neighbors. So, you know, if somebody, I mean, I think everybody be looking at their window. So, you know, if <laughs> right. somebody is going to Mr. Johnny's house and you ain't never seen them before, be on standby. So you have mm-hmm. that, that community protection, so to say. And then um, just thinking about the grocery store and like, right. I think every little neighborhood has that, strip with the grocery store barbershop laundromat like yep that is i mean usually that's the only place that you can get your food the only place you can get your hair cut and your your clothes washed because of lack of resources so i mean there there definitely are some positives and like you said you don't know about any of that because all you hear about is negative Mm -hmm. or certain streets or street names or street numbers have that negative um, attachment to them. So if you hear prospect, it's like you shake your head no before right. somebody can even finish telling you what the story is or what happened. Right. So, yeah, you are correct, my friend. Thanks, girl. Thanks. Hashitashi. <laughs> I kind of related to... Um, like Lyric and Kenya a little bit like their experience of being in a home there was never never any like I, I've said before on the show there was never any physical abuse that happened in my home um, but there was a lot of verbal abuse between my grandparents verbal emotional um, psychological financial any everything everything except for physical and sexual and coercion um that was happening there and that's something you know I never realized as a child but as an adult you know when you look back on that and you know what these things are and you can put a name to it um you know shit starts to make sense and as far as like my experience with it being a kid you know I lived there from when I was born till I was like 15 so growing up in that for 15 years um I kind of understand Kenya. Lyric, we really didn't hear much from her except for Kenya It's picking her up or whatever. But, um, yeah, I I understand that. And that's an ex- a shared experience that I can say that I have with another character in the book. Yeah, and then my second one is seven. So probably for some similar reasons, but... Seven was the oldest child, and essentially he was a responsible adult in that household. Mm -hmm. So I can remember times where 
as a child, my role was flipped. And um, I mean, I felt like I well now as an adult looking back, I felt like I had adult responsibilities on me at a very young age. So um, I don't have any siblings, but just in protecting different family members or um, taking care of things that weren't taken care of for whatever reason, I can definitely relate to seven in that sense. And that's part of why I picked Mav as one of the characters I relate to the most because I don't know why I just sang like that. <laughs> it was beautiful. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Edit that real good. Nope. Um, because I am, I'm just a protector by nature. That's that's just what I do. She is. You know, she be ready to throw them hands. Yeah, huh? Wait, what you say? You be ready to throw them hands. I mean. Like real quick. She's swift. I mean, I say it. <laughs> but uh, I feel like I really would swing on just anybody. Like if I had a legit, leg- I would windmill. That's what I, I feel like is my proper technique. Um, now this, but yeah, just protect, not even just physically, but I just feel like sometimes I step into roles. I don't know. I feel like, and I know this isn't true, but I feel like Superman when it comes to certain people, like, I feel like I, I have to fix whatever the problem is or, or just protect. I'm just, you know, you're a protector. Necessary. Run up, get done up. Um, yeah, and that's just, you know, that was another one. Did you have another one or another, like, experience? No. Of any sort? Okay, my oh, last one. I'll take it back. Yes, I huh? do. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I just thought of one. Um, so, I guess when the community kind of uh, rallied around trying to get King thrown in jail or whatever. It kind of, it kind of reminded me of um, when Samir got killed. And um, that was the first time that I was really active in trying to, you know, in like, wait, hold on. Something happened. I didn't hear you. You didn't hear me. Where'd, where'd you stop hearing me? When Samir got killed, that was the first time. I stopped talking because I couldn't figure out what oh. I was trying to say. <laughs> <That's> uh, <laughs> like, that was the first time that, like, that was the first time that someone close to me had been murdered. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, like, I went to rallies. I was at, you know, I was at a whole bunch of stuff, you know, hoping to, you know, that they would find his his killer. And um, that's the closest thing that I can kind of relate to, um, like, star situation in the community situation. Um but yeah, like he got killed that year. Then Jeff got killed a couple months later. So it was a, it was a, it was a time. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, it was um hot in the city. It was. Um. Yeah. Oh, my last one is um pro. Oh, I don't know what I was about to say. Um, <laughs> uh, kind of like. Um, so like how Mav 
went over with his children the the protocol of, of what to do mm-hmm. when pulled over by uh, an officer. Um, I I I don't re- I haven't like sat down and had a legit like this is what you do this is what you don't do conversation. But a lot of times I think I said this before like I I just worry about my husband as a black man out here right in these streets like even date like it just don't matter what what the situation is i just worry sometimes um especially if he he's working late and it's coming home when it's dark or um just little things if like would you have those what are they called the bird scooters mm-hmm. yeah so he he would get on those on his break <laughs> when he was working night and ride around i'm like um you are a black ass man <laughs> and black ass, I mean, in downtown Kansas City with your black ass, like, hmm. and it's sad that you have to, think you know, like think that. like that. Like, yeah. he just getting on the scooter, riding around because he's on break and he can do what he want to do on his break. But mm-hmm. I don't know, stuff like that worries me. Or even when he takes my black ass car with <laughs> my black ass tenant windows with his black ass, it's just. I don't know, it just doesn't sit well with me sometimes, and I find myself being up, waiting until he gets home, tired as hell, just, I have to, or FaceTiming him, like, um, what you doing? Um, I'm going to Quick Trip. Like, I know it's annoying, but I just, I don't know, with the way that things are, I can't help but to worry about him, and then, um, in the neighborhood that we currently live in, it's not a lot of uh, black ass people so that's another thing even like when he was cleaning off my car um when it snowed and it's daytime but i don't know what those things are called face mask whatever it is yeah that he wore and he had on black coat with some black pants and um a lady pulled up next to him i was like huh this could go so many different ways and all he doing is cleaning off my car but all it takes is for somebody not to feel comfortable right i just just stuff like that like Sometimes it seems crazy or obsessive, but I just worry a lot. When I got to your house on Saturday, I was getting out of my car, and whoever's car I was parked next to locked their doors. Like, I don't know if they was just, like, in the house watching their car, but, like, the horn beat, Mm -hmm. like, four times. Like, I don't want to... (laughs) I just got out of a car. What? I'm getting something out of my backseat. Like, chill out. Yeah, like I've never had, I haven't experienced anything, anything like that. Um, but I know it happens all the time, so I don't never let my guard down, and that that just shows like even the neighborhood where you hear about on news, all this negative or all these negative things happening, or even like in the book that neighborhood, there is a sense of comfort in those types of neighborhoods, especially if you grew up in them that you have. Right. As crazy as it sounds that you don't have in other neighborhoods, um, like even with people like getting murdered, you know, a block down or a block up the street. Mm-hmm. I never, and still to this day, I don't really ever like feel uncomfortable, even if it's night. Or I just don't because I, well, there's some new niggas. I mean, there's some new people starting to move in, but I just never, there's a sense of comfort that you just won't have. No, nah, that's real. Because even my mom's been in her house for maybe like six or seven years, and I still feel uncomfortable over there. 
And I know when I when roommate Allison and I moved back in the city, my parents didn't like it at all. And I'm like, you do realize that I grew up ten blocks away from here. Like I'm fine. I feel safer down here than I do in Grandview, just to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, that that is true. Way safer. But yeah. It's just I don't know. I don't know. Even though Kansas City, Kansas City do be wilding. Like, I looked up the homicide rates for Kansas City. For this year alone, it's been, as of last Thursday, when I did my notes, um, 182 homicides in Kansas City. Last year, it was... 208. Really? Yes. This year, 14 of those homicides have been by police. Really? Which doubled from last this year. This sounds sarcastic, but I'm being serious. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. So, 14 by police this year. Last year, there was seven. So, in a year, and this year is not over, um, it, already, it doubled from 2017 police yeah. killings. And, and you know, go ahead. it's crazy that they don't, like, so we're quick to hear about, um, I don't know what just happened. I think I just, my brain just fell asleep. Okay. But we're quick to hear about, um, police homicide, police, police killing non-police Mm-hmm. in different cities but you rarely hear it here right um, so i was like where like, did this 14 come from yeah you don't really see it on it's not really broadcast often it at all um yeah, i don't know just just with my husband's occupation i know a little bit more um i really don't watch news either so honestly mm-hmm. that might be it yes yeah, but i just feel like I know there are a couple in particular that I can think of where police have killed unarmed black men in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like they just sweep it under the rug. Like, they talk about it, and then it's over. And these 14 that I, that I looked up, um, it didn't break it down by race or armed or unarmed. This is just speaking generally. So I don't want people to think that police have killed 14 unarmed black men in Kansas City. Right. <laughs> this just, right. It's 14 police killings, generally speaking. Um, so, and I think you mentioned this on the show a couple episodes ago. So as of October, Missouri had the highest black homicide rate in the nation. Like, that is nuts. And, like, on the list, I don't have the stats, but um, just the the major city list for the United States, uh, Kansas City and St. Louis were in the top five. And I think St. Yeah. Louis is at number one. I think I heard that a couple of days ago. But, um, yeah, it's sad. <laughs> like, yeah. the middle of the country. No, they were... Um, named the most dangerous city mm. to visit. That's what it was. That's I'm like, well, I mean, we just we gonna go just for brunch. We're gonna go to brunch and come back home. <laughs> you know, I, I might just be crazy. I 
I've never felt unsafe in St. Louis. But I've also always, the last couple times we've gone, we've gone with Ophi, and he's from St. Louis, so. I just, I, I don't know, as I'm getting older and I visit these different cities, I think more, like, before I would just go, but I, when somebody asks me to go somewhere in Kansas City, I'm like, where is it at? Who's going to be there? When does it, like, asking all these questions, but then I'll go to these different cities that I'm, I'm not comfortable, or not not comfortable, but I'm not familiar with, mm-hmm. and I'll just go anywhere, and I'm like, for all I know, this could be the the, the Independence Avenue of, right. you know, <laughs> right. Houston or wherever. So I'm like, dang, maybe I should think about that more. Uh, but I, I just, I don't know, I rarely feel uncomfortable in places. Yeah. And then, like, if of course, if I'm I'm in a city where somebody lives or they're from, um, I'm certain they wouldn't take me anywhere that's dangerous, right? Oh, or if I'd be like, I'm gonna go here, and they're gonna be like, okay, like, right? No, I'm I'm like, like mm, you might not want to go there, or you might want to go before noon, right? Like we oh, did right. when we were in Tampa. It was like you need to not be down there after seven. Okay, okay. Message heard. Message received. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. Yeah, so. That was um, most of the stuff that I had. I had some more stats about the sheriff's department or whatever since we got our um, a black sheriff now. So, that's great. Um, so, just is to. It? Is huh? it great? Is it great? I think it's great. Why do you think it's great? I think it's great because. Who is he? Share Forte. Oh. <laughs> he um who was also the first black person to uh lead KCPD, so good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Is it is it great? I don't know. You don't think he's great? Or you don't think that the situation I, is great? I definitely cannot say great. Um I don't I don't think he's bad. I, I just think um, what do I think about this? Tell Mr. us, girl, Boy? what you think? I don't think he's terrible at all. I just... I'm trying not to say... T- I just think <laughs> that he... he just He just should be mindful. Um, just of That's the part, department thing. Just... Yeah. Yeah, I'm done. Because I don't, I don't know what he to He needs to be well-educated and like execute it. things in a careful manner. Yeah. 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 And then it was something about why he left his last position. It was, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it wasn't, it wasn't, um, great. I remember the sheriff before him, the reason he had to step down and then he had to step in for interim sheriff. That guy had to step down for a scandal. Um, I I appreciate okay, let me him aside, there being a person of color in this position to possibly um add some diversity and bring in different ideas for these communities. Um that's what I appreciate about somebody being somebody of color. They could be not black, but a person of color in this position. Um, because the officer, officers, officer. 
it offers a chance to, um, for change. So, him aside, a person of She's color in there. She say quitting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I took Latin. <laughs> It ain't got nothing to do with oh. nothing. I don't know why I say that. I think it was a Disney Channel. I mean, not a Disney oh, Channel. Oh, it was a movie. movie. Yes. And said it all the time. Oh, it was the name of the movie, huh? It was. Wait. Wasn't it? I think it was. It just means yes, you can, but. Oh, yes. Um, now I got to Google it. I think that's right. When America. Gotta Kick It Up is the name of the movie. Oh. Did that sound familiar? I thought the name of the movie was Season Boy. <laughs> so did you say it? I was like, oh yeah. Was it a cheerleading movie? I feel like mm-hmm. I'm. Was it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Brain. That's so random. I, I don't know. I just say it. <laughs> I guess if I ever ran for office, that would be mine. <laughs> that would be your slogan. Um, yep. Season <laughs> Boy. Oh. My black ass. <laughs> Anywho. It's okay. You hitting all the different demographics. <laughs> That's all I had in my notes. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm trying to think back. I mean, there's a lot of different things that I uh, I can relate to. Like, even at the party that they were at. Mm-hmm. The house party. I can remember vividly. <laughs> Been at a house party um, in in the basement. It was basement house party. Is that what mm-hmm. it's called? Basement party? basement parties. Uh-huh. House party. I don't know. It was in the basement. But I remember stepping outside to get some air because you know it'd be hot in here mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And um, standing outside, I was. It was high school. We was in middle school, I think. But it, it was high schoolers, and I was sitting outside, and um, a car drove by real slow. Nope. And Pops stood in front of me. I was like, we're fine. And the car drove by again. And then it came back for the third time. And it was just a wrap from there. It was just bullets flying everywhere. Mm-mm. And I'm like, dang. Yeah. So I, I can relate to shootings at functions. I was star. I'm star in, in the party. That's me. Like, at her age. First of all, I'm rarely got to go to parties but um I was a tomboy until yesterday so <laughs> um the way she dressed and how she felt uncomfortable being there not because she we didn't relate to our peers where we lived for different reasons so she couldn't relate because she didn't go to school with them. I went to school with people, but I rarely did stuff outside of school with people from school. Like, my grandma was like, no. Like, she wouldn't even let me go to Jasmine's house. Jasmine lived... That's the house we was at when the shooting started. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I barely got to go to go anywhere, so... When I was put in those situations, it was just like, nah, I'm going to hold this wall up real quick. Um, or even, like, the funeral situation. Um, not at 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 the funeral, exactly, but, like, moments leading up to a funeral when somebody mm-hmm. in the neighborhood got killed. Um, 
it was it, I think it was very similar in a sense that it was it always seemed to be that that unwanted group or that unwanted person mm-hmm. or unknown group or unknown person to come around. Um, I can remember this guy was murdered and there's a park in my neighborhood and we would like have barbecue like a memorial type celebration. And it was just always like always people to come that either didn't really talk to the people or it was known issues between them. Right. And like, why? Why? Why is you here? Why? And now I gotta go because I don't have time. Right. But yeah, I can remember situations like that. And it's always like whenever some someone gets killed, it's always something at the grandma's house for whatever reason. But um this this boy got killed and um everyone was at the grandma's house just showing their respect and then the guy who ended up killing um um boy was one of those ones that was sitting on the grandma's couch so it's like it's always unwanted this is so disrespectful like yeah yeah so situations like that it's always a drug dealer with a nice ass car driving down the street, hella slow, talking to everybody. That's true. That's so true. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah, and everybody knows it's a drug dealer, but ain't nobody gonna say nothing because they mind their business. Right. Right. Like, what's that got to do with me? Minding my business. Right. So, yeah. Send my grandma. She. <laughs> She was, she was like the um, thugger thugger out here. <laughs> the barbershop man. Yes, that's her maiden name too, Lewis. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think it. I think anybody who reads the book can find a character to relate to, no matter mm-hmm. their growing or not their growing up, their demographics or their experiences growing up or wherever they may be at this point in their life I think everybody can can find someone to relate to in the book oh you remember something else oh um somebody on Instagram asked a question about the book oh did they DM us Mm -hmm. it goes down in DM Oh, I should have not said that if I knew that you were going to sing. Let me tell you something. I, after that song wasn't popular no more, that was my shit. Like, I was like, this is what I missed out on? Yeah. I, I love that song. I should listen to it tomorrow. I'm going to cue it up for my ride to work in the morning. I just stuttered really hard. That hasn't happened in quite some time. I noticed <laughs> I've been having some long ass pauses in my con- sentences, and I don't know why. Yeah. I said something. Oh, I don't remember what I was talking about, but I said, "Oh, I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, he came out," and I just paused, and I was like. To the bar, and I, they was like, "Oh, I thought you meant he came out." Came out. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, oh no, I don't know why I was like that sometimes." Um. Okay, so okay, so I asked what people's thoughts were, and 
this is this is Lauren. Mm-hmm. And she said, why didn't they show that the boyfriend stayed with Star during the protest slash riot? So that was a question mm-hmm. that she had um, about that. And I did, too, because I feel like that's where his character really took a turn. Yeah. Or not even a turn, but his character really came to the... It really... <laughs> That's where his characters, um, um, I guess his characters, I don't know what I'm trying to say, y'all, but I guess that's where his character really started to stand out mm-hmm. and, and um, was during the riot. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm saying. I hope y'all can understand. I think for the movie's sake, because they switched up Seven and Devontae, that changed up a lot of that dynamic in those couple scenes because even like we talked about this last time even so in the movie they have Chris drive to Seven's house and that's not what happened Seven Star and Chris drove to Seven's house to get Devontae um and then they they all went from there so because Chris drove and they had to get Kenya and Lyric out of there which who weren't there in the movie, I don't or in the book, I don't think. Um, he had to be the one to go. It couldn't be Star. So I just think that's that's why. Um, that's part of the reason. But I do agree that it was a pivotal point for Chris's character to show how much he supported Star and how much he wanted to understand, you know, what she was going through. And that was missing and lacking in the movie. Yeah, and I, uh, I think it was stupid, and that's my <laughs> that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Um, and then Lauren also asked. Thank you for listening, Lauren. She said, "You're welcome." Uh, <laughs> do you think it was more palatable to show Maverick as? store owner versus store worker yes wait what was the word she used let me let me not agree (laughs) absolutely palatable palatable like it was easier for us was it easier for us to see him as a owner than a worker i think that showing him owning the store um one it set up a plot for something that also wasn't in the movie was him um, trying to save Devante and take him under his wing as a mentor in place of um, Khalil. Um, I don't know if he would have had the confidence to do that if he was just a worker. Um, Also, it it showed black ownership. And that's also something to look up to. And that's all I got to (laughs) say. Yeah, I agree. Um, With the black ownership, it shows that you can give back to your community in a positive way. And then also, like you said, be be the support that the community needs to help them, them. To help them out. I'm mm-hmm. sleepy, y'all. And then also, I just thought of something and forgot that fast. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. 
Oh, also somebody that's relatable. So he wasn't mm-hmm. just some, um, you know, wealthy man that came into the community that opened a store. But he he went through what a lot of the people in the community went through. He grew up in the same type of neighborhood, same neighborhood. Um, had some had a bid that he served and and came back and showed that you, you know, although you make mistakes in life, you can. You can learn from them and, mm-hmm. and grow. So I think that's important, especially um, in that community, because he's somebody that's relatable. Um, somebody else could have came in, like I said, somebody wealthy or whatever could have came in and opened that store, and they wouldn't have had the same impact that Mav had. Right. Yeah. That's it. Correct. I, I agree. Remember. Yeah. You is right. Is that all the questions? Um, is that my issues? What you say? <laughs> is that all the questions? Oh, yes. Okay. You got anything yes. else? Y'all want anything else? Sweet aunts. <laughs> um no, that's it. Um I think this was it was it was fun to to too. I gotta go to sleep. <laughs> oh, it was fun to to dig a little deeper into the book and kind of kind of get. I'm stuttering. I don't know what's happening, but it was fun to read the book and learn about each other's opinions and thoughts and and analysis of the book. And I think it made it more. I don't know. And that's that's it because I'm not gonna think of what I'm trying to say. <laughs> It's okay. I just looked at the mirror and my eyes are barely open. Oh boy. Okay. Let's wrap this up. Um, we're also recording very, very late. The episode is going to drop in like 10 hours. So, um, I do agree. I do think that this was fun and we should break down more books later on in the, in the road, down the road. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Um, I don't, you need to ask the people if three whole episodes is necessary. I felt like it was the book was long. Yeah, the book was but long, and it had a think, it had a lot. Yeah, and then we we read the book, but we didn't. I don't think we initially had the intention on. No, we didn't. On doing it, so it was kind of like, mm. and like I took one note. Like usually when I read, I write stuff down, but I just wrote down one thing in the book, and y'all know I don't remember nothing. So, <laughs> and I wasn't about to read the book again, so right. I was just trying to. Trying to remember. Trying to remember. Like um, but yeah, I think we, we should do it again. Yeah. Maybe a twofer next time. Yeah. yeah. Twofer. Yeah. Totally. Well, um, this has been another episode of the Extra Regular Podcast. I am Justice Brooks. I'm Kyla. And you can find us on all social media again at The Extra Regular. That is at T-H-E-E-X-T-R-A-R-E-G-U-L-A-R. That is on the Twitter and on the Instagram. You can also send us an email to extraregularpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is extraregularpodcast at gmail.com. We are available for your listening pleasure on the Apple Podcast, the Google Play, and Spotify. And don't forget to leave those five-star ratings and a um, comment. I was going to say suggestion. We don't have a suggestion box. Um, <laughs> leave those um, whatever I just said I and, breathe in super hard I wonder if 
Can you hear that? No, I couldn't. <laughs> that's I it. I just looked at my stomach and it was like... <laughs> I feel like that's what it sounds like. <laughs> oh, Good boy. night, y'all. Bye, y'all.